Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. It is 107 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Wishing you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Hugh Porter and the folks at Digitex. Digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Momentarily, we'll head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. A reminder, the patio open at the River Cree, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. And keep texting us. I'll try to weave in some text on our Ashley Five Floors text line. It's 780-496-0063. Ashley Five Floors providing winning results for 35 years. But at this time, we're going to tell you guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village now open for takeout orders full details at jvedmonton.ca as we head to our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K. We welcome uh, back to the show, longtime Montreal-based writer, uh, international man of mystery, but certainly a guy that's got his own style. Uh, from The Athletic, Mark Antoine Godin. Mark, how you doing? Not great, Bob. No, I'm not- sorry. I'm doing. I'm doing great. It's just that I had to say, "Not great, Bob," on the air at least once in my life. Okay, well, so, there you go. Yeah, I'm well, doing wonderful. You, you don't want to. You don't want to know how many times I have heard "Not great." Bob, I know, I know, I know. It must, it must be, it must be tough to be you. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I miss not going to Montreal though this season. I got to tell you, it's one of my. Well, we just had this conversation uh, with John Shannon uh, about yeah. the legacy of the Canadians and how special it is. And all you need to know uh, for our listeners is last week, did, did, the, did the premier not chime in on a Cole Caulfield tweet that the Canadians had put out? Did I see that yeah. right? Absolutely. I mean, Cole Caulfield was uh, called up to the Montreal Canadiens taxi squad. And uh, basically, the premier went on to say, uh, well, he, he went to Twitter and said, uh, uh, a ray of sunshine on this uh, uh, cloudy day. So, 
That's a, that, you know he's he's a hardcore fan. He's got his priorities, I guess, at the right place. <laughs> that's what you call populist politics, I believe. Oh, yeah. uh, nothing like uh, hey, there's eight million Canadian fans in the province of Quebec, or something like maybe eight point four. The last time. by the way, just as an aside, Mark, are you guys living in a partial lockdown? What what is it like there right now? Well, the situation uh, is is not as bad as in Ontario. We have a lockdown. Well, actually, we have a curfew uh, that was uh, inst- uh, instated maybe, uh, I would say, well, months ago now, uh, and it started in the evening at 8 p.m. It went it went as late as 9:30, and then when it was brought back recently to 8 p.m. So that's the main uh, the main issue we got here. Uh, they asked uh, they asked people to to wear masks as much as possible on the street, and it's not necessarily something that uh, everybody does, but it's it's uh, suggested. But uh, yeah, so that that's pretty much the situation right now. Okay, well, so I mean, we all know what the number- are and people got to go out there and get vaccinated and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully, uh, we'll see an acceleration. Uh, if you're, I know El- Ontario and Alberta now for AstraZeneca, uh, if you're over the age of 40, uh, you yeah. can get the shot. What's Is it similar in Quebec right now? Uh, it's it's meant to be announced within the next 48 hours. That same okay. measure for people over 40. Yeah. All right. There we go. All right. Let's get to the hockey team. And let's start with a guy who's 33. And I'm going to throw this curveball at you right now. How would you assess Carey Price's performance uh, so far this season? Uh, not up to standard. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but again, uh, it depends what the standard is. Uh, if you think of Carey Price as the dominant netminder, the one who won every trophy imaginable uh, five six years ago, uh, it, you, you might you might be measuring this the wrong way because right now, if you look the last three seasons, uh, now going into the last four seasons, uh, he hasn't been the same dominant goalie. So by that measure, I mean, he's been he's been roughly the, the same carry price that we had seen the last the, the previous three seasons. What the 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 thing that's different was really his performance in the bubble last summer, but I mean we're talking about ten games after a long rest in a in a very specific environment. Uh, so I think that at that point. GM Mark Benjamin was really encouraged, saying, "Okay, well, we got a goalie that's still on top of his game," and everybody was excited. But what we've seen so far from Carey Price is the guy who's like, "Meh, he's 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 okay. Uh, he gets beaten some, you know, sometimes by 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 shots that he could have saved. He, he doesn't necessarily give a lot of bad goals. Uh, he had a stretch where he did, but generally he he doesn't. But he's we we can't call him a, a dominant netminder anymore." 900 save percentage this year. Total yeah. wild, total wild card here. Do you think it's possible the Canadians expose him for the upcoming uh, expansion draft with Seattle? Well, he's got a no movement clause, so it'll be entirely up to him. Uh, he would, you would have to have both parties who say, "Listen, we we don't believe in this partnership anymore." Uh, the thing with Seattle is that. His his wife comes from uh, Washington State, uh, so there would certainly be. And during, uh, you know, d- during uh, the the height of the the pandemic uh, last spring, when there was no hockey, he, Carrie went back to uh, to Washington State and spent that time over there. Uh, so 
if there is one destination where that could make sense, uh, that might be Seattle. Uh, but I'm not sure if he's got really uh, the interest to be anywhere else than in Montreal. And uh, so it'll take, you know, just as in a trade, it will take two to tango. It will take Carey Price that wants out. And uh, he needs to have a GM that says, well, you know what, we're ready to move on. I think it's highly unlikely to happen. All right, and this is where I mentioned he's represented by Edmonton's Jerry Johansson, who's a friend of our shows, and Jerry uh, got $70 million in signing bonuses on this deal. So (laughs) he he cut a pretty good deal there. Uh, So, look, I mean, goaltending's been part of the story. I got to tell you, Mark, like when the Oilers play the Canadians, I I had the Canadians being a top-three team at the start of the year. I thought Edmonton uh, could get there. I thought Edmonton would compete as well. I think Edmonton's overachieved here over the last uh, just I'm going to quickly look at the numbers the Oilers are 23-9 and 2 in their last 34 games they started the year 3 and 6 they've been about as good as any team in the league over the last 34 games 23-9 and 2 Montreal started the year 4-0 and 2 mark and yeah. since then they've gone 15-14 and 7 are you surprised that they haven't been frankly a little bit better a little bit more consistent <clears throat> Well, it's become no matter who's behind the bench, no matter who's on the ice, it seems as though it's a recurring trend with Canadians to have a very strong start and then sort of tail off a little bit afterwards. So you have those strong starts, and then at some point in the season, they almost become a 500 team. Um, this year, you look at the team on paper, and it certainly was a stronger lineup. Uh, and I thought that everybody was uh, motivated and encouraged to, to uh, head into the season. Uh, first and foremost, Mark Bergevin, who had high hopes for that team. But I think that, uh, you know, the, the, both the GM and the head coach say, well, we like our team. But I'm not sure if they like the team the way the way it is now, the way they see them play on the ice every other night, or they look, they just like the idea of what that team could become because it's a team that's been built for the playoffs. It's a, you look at their blue line, which is you know big and mean and and not necessarily the uh, with a ton of butt movers there, uh, but it's it's a style that's more suited for the playoffs than for the regular season. So I think that it, it seems to me as though they're saying, well, let's get through the, the rest of that regular season we might uh you know we were, we're not in a bad spot uh standing wise but heading into the postseason there might be uh, a bunch of guys who've been who will be able to raise their game you know uh shea weber terry price is one uh cory perry we all know his history even eric stahl who's been struggling maybe he's yes. got one last postseason left in him uh, how much do they miss? Uh, speaking of uh, Jerry Johansson getting the double whammy today, he negotiated a six-year deal, six and a half million. They finally got that done after, at one point, it looked like it had gone a little south. How much do the Canadians miss Brendan Gallagher up front here over the last couple of games? Oh my, they 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 lose, they miss him tremendously, and it's not necessarily the goals, although. I mean, when he's not around, there's there's definitely a, a, a negative impact. Uh, there's the style of play that that really is impacted because he's he's such a he, he's such he's such a force to drive the net and inspire his teammates to do so. But I think that Brendan Gallagher is the heart of that team, and when he's not around, 
you, you can feel that the, the, the energy is different. Uh, it's certainly not the same amount of energy. Uh, it's not the same amount of enthusiasm. And, uh, you know, we were asking uh, guys around about, uh, about Gallagher uh, over, you know, shortly after his injury and, and Joel Edmonton saying, well, this guy is just one of a kind. So you cannot replace Gallagher. You can try to replace the goals by committee, but you cannot replace a heart by committee. So, and that's been the case throughout Gallagher's tenure with the Montreal Canadiens. Every time that he's been hurt, the team has been has been struggling. Listen, overall, he's he's missed 71 games with the Canadiens since the beginning of his career. The Canadiens have a winning percentage of 4.15 uh, during that time, which you know you take it goes back to 2012. It would make the Canadiens the worst team in the league at 4.15. I'm going to steal that stat. I did not know that. So 415 winning percentage in the 71 games uh, missed. Uh, heart and soul yeah. guy. Uh, they've got, you know, they went out. I mean, they, the Josh Anderson trade. I mean, today I think I'm sure you saw the Columbus Blue Jackets healthy scratched yeah. uh, uh, Max Domi. Max Domi. Yeah, 15 goals for Anderson, 21 goals for Toffoli. Great ads up front. However, they do have two pending UFAs. Uh, Tomas Tatar represented by Edmonton's Rich Winter and, uh, and then, uh, uh Philip Deneau, a defensive minded guy who's plus 52 over the last three years. He's a really good two way centerman. Are they going to get either of those two guys signed? Well, I think that the, they would they would love to keep Phil Dano. Uh, he's a, he's a very important guy because they've got a, a a young line a young center line you know with Suzuki Kotkaniemi and even Jake Evans. So he's there to stabilize things. He he still has this year a lot of the the, the main tasks, the toughest matchups. Uh, so in his case, though, it's been reported before that he turned down a six year deal uh, worth five million dollars a year. So if he thinks that he's worth more in this economy, uh, it's not going to be with the Montreal Canadiens. If, uh, in retrospect, he might have been better to sign that offer because I'm not sure if it's still going to be on the table after the season. Uh, but I think that the Canadians would be very interested in signing him. As for Tatar, well, there are there are other, uh, other guys. You were mentioning Cole Caulfield, uh, uh, you know, at the beginning. Right. Uh, there are other wingers that'll come and, and, and provide some offense. I think that Tatar's a great player, but he needs to prove himself in the playoffs. He's been a very good contributor during the regular season, but he tends to be a lot more discreet in the playoffs. It's been the, the history of his career, and I think that the last key audition to do for the, 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 the management to determine if they're going to give him an offer or not is how he's going to fare in the upcoming playoffs. How do you think? I mean, he, his points per sixty are really good. How do you think he'd yeah. play? How do you think he'd perform if he had a, frankly, a better center, a McDavid or Drysaddle center in him? Do you think he's got a higher ceiling than being a sixty-point player in a full season? Well, slightly. I mean, I think that he's a guy who can be a threat uh, on the power play. Uh, you know, at the top of his circle, he's got a great wrister, but he's been used uh, mainly on the second power play unit in Montreal, and even the first one struggling. So even yeah, none of the, the the power play has been working in Montreal. But I think that he's a guy that on another team or with another set of line mates could produce a little bit more. Uh, 
the, 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 the tricky thing with him is the fact that he's going to turn 30. It's a tough time to look yep. for a long-term contract. So he's got to look at, you know, you look around in Vancouver uh, with Tanner Pearson, type of deal he got. Uh, I think that, that Tatar, uh, as, just because of the environment and the, the economics around the league, has probably lost uh, a million a year and, let's say, two years worth of a, of a long-term contract on what he could have hoped for had he signed, like, let's say, a, a year ago. Uh, he, he might come down to a price where it becomes profitable and a good bargain for the Montreal Canadiens to sign him, or any other team for that matter, but uh, he, he still got some good hockey left in him. There, there is no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, there's entirely too much reason and logic in your perspective there. I mean, we're going through the same thing with Nugent Hopkins. I mean, what he might have been able to get in September of last year is completely different to right now. We're joined by Mark Antoine Godin of The Athletic. Mark, I got a final question for it. It pertains to uh, why, you know, why has Montreal been able to limit Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid? Those guys only have got two assists, and I say only because they're leading the NHL in scoring. I mean, McDavid's got 71 points, Dreisaitl's got 63, and these guys only have two points against... And part of it's been there hasn't been any penalties called in a bunch of the games. Uh, the Oilers had one of their worst two performances of the year in Montreal on a sort of long, extended uh, road trip. But just give me your rationale why you think the Canadians have had success against Edmonton this year. Well, five on five, from the games I've seen between the two teams, I've felt as though... McDavid especially was trying to uh, to create a lot, uh, you know, from the rush, gaining the zone with speed. And the Canadians in those games have been able to slow him down and denying an entry and de- denying his O line uh, zone entry. Uh, when when another you know dangerous line gets set up in the Canadian zone and starts, uh, you know. P- doing seam passes the way, for example, that Marner and Matthews are doing in Toronto, then the Canadians are more vulnerable. But on the nights where they're able to not give up the blue line and, and, and stop, the, uh, stop the, uh, the opponent from gaining the zone easily, uh, then they're, they limit the time that they spend in their own zone. And I think in the games against the Oilers this year, it's really been a factor. Uh, you mentioned the power play. Uh, they, they, it was a huge issue for the Canadians, their lack of discipline early on, but since Dominique Duchamp took over, uh, they greatly reduced the number of penalties, so less penalties means uh, uh, less goals against, because their their PK has not been much better than, than their power play, let's face it. Yeah, 21st in the on the power play, 22nd on the PK. Uh, love yours and Arpon's uh, work uh, in, with The Athletic. Great stuff, Mark. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now. My pleasure. Take care, Bob. You bet. Uh, that is Marc Antoine Godin, a uh, longtime Montreal based writer. Covers the uh, Canadians, knows his stuff, no question about that. It is 123 in Edmonton. And at this time, we're going to go into the Oilers Now Injury Report, which is brought to you daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goal that the Oilers score, James H. Brown donates $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Again, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the team will practice tomorrow. He's going to be with the main group. That's what Dave Tippett said earlier today. And then the Oilers will evaluate him and see whether or not they deploy him in the second game of the series against the Canadians on Wednesday. Uh, there could be an argument, maybe you delay it one more uh, game, and that buys you three or four more days coming off uh, the headshot that he took against the Ottawa Senators. Brendan Escott, what else do you got? 
I can tell you Montreal's Brendan Gallagher uh, sidelined indefinitely with that broken thumb. They've got two newly acquired defensemen, John Merrill and uh, Eric Gustafson, both clearing quarantine before they can join the lineup. And we're still awaiting word on uh, what the exact damage of Zach Hyman's knee was on that knee-to-knee hit from Alex Edler in last night's game. Excellent. Uh, there you go. Uh, and we'll continue to monitor that again. We'll take a quick timeout. It's 125 in Edmonton. When we come back on Oilers Now, we'll do our North Division report for Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Randy has texted us on our Ashley Five Floors text line. He says, hey, Bob, what is keeping all U.S.-based teams from getting vaccinated now, or are they already while Canadian teams wait their turn? Um, Well, we know, like, Dallas has been vaccinated. I think it's sort of on a team-by-team basis. Again, uh, Joe Biden today saying, hey, anybody 16 or over, go out there and get your shot, kind of tells you where they're at in the United States right now. In Canada, there's a very political nature to it, uh, where you don't necessarily want to be perceived as jumping the queue. All right, uh, let's do this. As promised, to our North Division report, brought to you by Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. Here's Brendan Escott. Okay, well, Toronto has lost four games in a row now. They have picked up two loser points there, but now sit just four up on second place Winnipeg through 45 games played for each of those squads. Edmonton, uh, two games in hand, now just three points out of second. Montreal trying to play catch-up from fourth in that final playoff spot. They are seven back of the Oilers with two games in hand, Six points up on Calgary, who did lose on Friday after three straight wins. Uh, Canucks Senator is pretty much done playoff-wise. Oh! Brought to you by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Finding your dream home, listing your old home, it all starts at soldtodayedmonton.ca. Find it, love it, move in. Never say never. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. There's an old saying in the car business. Cars cost less than with Tasquin. Brent Ridge Ford, 10-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They're open six days a week to serve you while following all COVID protocols to protect both customers and their staff. Uncle Milt telling me the other day they're low on used vehicle inventory, which makes now a perfect time for you to sell. Let the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand. You can reach them one 877 73673 or visit Britridge.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell when we come back. An update from the farm. Jay Woodcroft, Bakersfield Condors head coach. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.